Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke, removes the burden. Help us here. Glory to God. Colossians 3 verse 1. I think I'll read it from the Amplified. you've been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, Paul gives these instructions by the Holy Spirit. Aim at, seek the rich eternal treasures, and he tells us where they are. They're above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Then he says, set your minds and keep them on what is above the higher things, not on things that are on the earth. For as far as the world is concerned, you have died. Anyone know? Anyone here knew that you you died? Anyone been to their own funeral yet? As far as the world's concerned, you have died and your your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. So then he tells us in verse 8 of that same chapter. But now put away and rid yourself completely of all those things, anger, rage, bad feeling towards others, curses, slanders, foul mouth abuse, and shameful utterances from your lips. Don't lie one to another. Paul's preaching to the church. He says, quit lying. Hmm? For you have stripped off your unregenerate self with its evil practices, and you have clothed yourself with a brand new spiritual self. Amen. How about that? Which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image of the likeness of one who created it. What's the plan of God? What's the goal of God? To make you a Christ man. Not, not, not to get you to church. Not for you to become religious. Not to get you a place in the choir. Hmm? Not to get your name on the membership roll. What's the purpose here? The purpose is to to make you and the man and the woman a brand new person in Christ. It's the plan of God from the very beginning. As born again women, men of God that he made us as as close to himself as he was. Hmm? Made in the image and the likeness of God. So he tells you to put on that image. And and what you do is you you, you put it on in your mind first. See, it's in your spirit, you're born again. He says, now put it on in your mind. Some say, I just feel like I'm acting. Well, you are. He said, put on. Hmm? 
Notice he said there's some things to put off. Anger and all these other things. They're not of you because you're a new species, right? right. Now go to Ephesians chapter uh, 3 it is, or 4. Let me see. How, Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 20. King Jimmy. But you have so, but you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Now see, there's just so many things there you don't want to skip over. Notice we find out how many know it's the truth that sets us free. Amen. Notice what the scripture that we just read said. It says, if so be that you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is where? So if I'm, I'm looking for truth, do I find it where? Not necessarily denomination, right? I find it in Jesus. Huh? So if you found Jesus, you found the truth. One translation says, actually, when you, you do a little word study, it says truth is the highest form of reality. So when you find Jesus, you found the highest. You say, well, you, you, you want to get high? Well, God's the most high. Hmm? He's the most high. Hallelujah. So Jesus is truth. He's the, he is the way and the truth and the life. He's all truth. He is the highest form of reality. There is, no, there is none higher. So he goes on and tells us, verse 22, that you put off the concerning the former conversation. In other words, the former manner of life. The way that you thought, the way that you lived, he said, put that off. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Some say, well, I'm, I, I'm trying to put it off. I'm just asking the Lord to take it from me. <clears throat> There's now a scripture that says the Lord takes it. He said, you put it off. Amen. Why? Because the master that you had is no longer your master. Amen. You've been emancipated, proclamated. You've been set free. Now he says, renew your mind to the fact that you're free. Huh? And free people ought to be happy people. Amen. Hallelujah. Because I remember when I wasn't free, and I am free, and I like free better. Hallelujah. You say, I don't like all this hallelujah shouting. Well, go find you. There's plenty of places you can find they won't do that. And you can have decent and order of a graveyard. Hallelujah. I went to all them churches too. Well, when I was in the world and I partied, we got kind of loud. When I went to the ball games, we got loud. Right? Went to any kind of birthday party, sometimes it got loud. When I went bowling, I hit a strike, I got loud. When Alabama made a touchdown, of course I got loud. Or Auburn, right? We, we got loud. Don't go there. And then, then all of a sudden we get churchy, we got to be churchy. Well, what's churchy? Right? <clears throat> well, church is Acts chapter 2. That's right. Amen. They were there waiting for the promise of the Father. Jesus said, go there. He said, you're going to do, you're going to finish what I started. He said, but don't, but don't leave and go do it until you, you have to work with what I had. Amen. And when you go there, the promise of the Father is going to meet you there. The promise of the Father is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone asked me one time, what's the difference between Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost? 
Well, the word Holy Ghost is just a little scarier. That's, my, that's the West translation. <clears throat> you won't find it anywhere else. Hallelujah. So they waited, and they waited, and they waited, and the Bible says suddenly he came, just like he's promised. Sat upon each one of them. His clothes and tongues of fire sat upon the heads of the all field. The Holy Ghost spoke in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave him utterance. You know who was in there? Well, all the disciples. There was 120 people in another room, including the mother of Jesus. Are you telling me the mother of Jesus spoke in other tongues? They said they all did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tongues is for this dispensation. The Bible said, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue does not speak unto men, but unto God. Howbeit when he speaks in tongues, he's speaking out mysteries. Hallelujah. 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 You know, you've got that wisdom inside you. You know, sometimes we think about the devil. He knows too much. Well, what he knows is because what you tell him. Just don't tell him things and he won't know it. Did you know that, that, that he was always trying to find Jesus? We know that because here he worked through, through Herod, an evil king, to try to kill Jesus. He didn't know who Jesus was, so he gave a mandate to kill every young, every male boy two years old and down. But when Jesus was born over uh, uh, several months, some say two years travel, the wise men uh, knew the star and they understood and they went right to Jesus. What, what I'm saying to you is that the devil's not even as smart as the wise men. The wise men knew what to follow to go find Jesus, and the devil's still looking for him. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you got that wisdom on the inside of you. Hallelujah. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of grace, the spirit of might, the spirit of strength, the spirit of miracles on the inside of you. Hallelujah. All. Paul says in the earthen vessel. Hallelujah. So if I get to church, get a little excited, that's all right. Hallelujah. You know, you ever see someone's house catch on fire or a building? Everybody wants to come see it, don't they? Maybe some of y'all just need to catch on fire. Some of them might come see what y'all doing. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when I was dignified, I used to apologize. Now I don't get three rips. Hallelujah. You know, when I get to heaven one day, I don't want to go with a whimper. I want to go with a shout. Yes. I mean, can, I mean you, you know, people think death is so terrible. No, the Bible says it's beautiful in God's sight. His children are coming home. Man, you just go into heaven with a, hey! You're like, oh, my. Well, this ain't Jemison. <laughs> Glory be to God. Huh? <laughs> my mother always told me she died twice and came back. Maybe three times. She got tired of being a visitor there and coming back here. She says, that's home. I want to go home. Hallelujah. She says, it's the easiest thing in the world is to, is to go home. And you get to think about it too long, you'll be there. Hallelujah. But you and I got something to do now. So you can't go home. You go home this morning, I'm going I'm I'm to bring you back. Okay? We got something to do. Because see, if you go right now, I got to do my job and yours. God's going to take you farther. You're going to reach farther than you ever thought possible. Amen. Some says, oh, I'm over 50 years old. Good. You just now get a little sense. <laughs> God didn't really use most people until they were 70 or 75 because they didn't have much sense. Abraham, he didn't call away from his father until he was 75. Look, look who God picked. Abraham. His father's name was Ur. 
They say, ain't you hers, boy? I sure am. I sure am. <laughs> you know what his daddy did for a living? Anyone know what, what, what Abraham's father did for a living? He was an idol maker. But it'd be, you know, sometimes we think, well, I don't think God would use them because they're so-and-so. God picked Abraham to be the father of your faith and his daddy. His granddaddy in the faith was an idol worshiper, an idol maker. Well, he's good at carving. I don't know. He could whittle with a knife, right? But God saw something in Abraham. He said, I can use that. And God's looking at you today, and he sees something he can use. And the devil sees it, and he wants to stop it and pervert it. Hallelujah. See, if you just get a little fire going every now and then, you'll keep the enemy away. Who wants to get burned with fire? Hallelujah. Some of you ain't shouted in a long time. Huh? Y'all are Pentecostal, aren't you? Well, you ought to just tell them Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Let me tell you never, don't tell me I can't shout. You didn't do it. I, asked, I told you to tell them. Tell you never, say, don't tell me I can't shout. I can shout with the best of them. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Well, thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. You know, I never saw a fly land on a hot stove. But he finds a colon, you know, he'll just build him a place to live. Hallelujah. So he told us in Colossians 3, he said, don't look to the earth, look up. Time to go up. Time to go higher. Time to raise to a higher standard. Here's the word the Lord gave me a, a while back. I wrote it down. I was actually in a Kenneth Copeland meeting. And uh, <clears throat> I've read it here before, but uh, just have, just feels, seems right to me to hold a ghost to read it again. I was, uh, I was in Texas, and I was sitting in the chair, and I was listening to the, some of the, the music, you know, they were playing. Uh, it wasn't worship then. They were just playing some background music. And I was sitting in my chair, and all of a sudden, a spirit of prophecy came on me. And I looked around, and I thought, who am I going to prophesy to? He said, to yourself. And he said, write these words down. So self prophesied to self by the Spirit of God. And here's what he said. He said, and I heard this three times. He said, come on up. Open up all the faucets. And when they said that, I saw a bunch of, like, and a whole house with all the sinks and everything, you know. Every faucet open wide open. Three times he said, come on up. Open all the faucets so I can flow. All that I planned and provided for you, I want you to access by faith your inheritance. So open up the channels and let me flow. Let me fill you until you overflow with all the provision that you, until you can't see or feel lack anymore. So you can be a blessing to others to which you are called. So I say, come up, up, and up. See it from my viewpoint where struggles and toils does not exist, where my plans and strategies are already in place. Come take your place and enter into my rest, for you see my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. God wants to move boundaries in your life today. Boundaries. Did, 
And I, I, I looked up this word, it has many definitions, but I looked it up in the, uh, in the reg, re, uh, regular dictionary, but then I looked it up in the, what we call the Christian dictionary. And it said a boundary is this. A boundary, in other words, you understand that boundaries can be good. I'm glad on a two-lane highway they got them. Because I want that fellow to know where he needs to stay. And I'll stay on this side between the yellow line and this one, and you stay on your side, right? And so boundaries can serve just to, just to help in life and to keep us safe. But when the enemy plans boundaries, it's to fence you in. It's to keep you out of it so that you don't enter into. Huh? And the, and the boundaries that are there, and we all have them, need to be exposed. Hmm? They need to be exposed, and they need to be removed. And where they are is in your thinking. They're not in your spirit. They're, they're in your thinking. Your body will do whatever your mind tells it to. If you put your mind with your spirit, your body will follow. It's just neutral. It comes along for the ride. Hallelujah. So, I'll call it the Christian dictionary said this. Boundaries are demonic structures that Satan has erected to keep you out of your destiny. A demonic structure that Satan has erected. Now, don't get too mad at him because we were handing him the bricks. So here, put another one on there. Here, put another one on here. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Y'all doing okay? Yes. And y'all love the Lord? Yes. I'm going back to the female version for just a moment. The Amplified. Uses a few more words to say what it wants to say. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. Or 1 through 4. Or more. Verse 1. However, brethren, I'm going to add sistering. Paul said, I can't talk to you as spiritual men. Notice he didn't say, I don't want to. He said, how what? I can't. He said, I can't. I can't talk to you as someone who's spiritual. Well, that probably was just a problem that day. <laughs> We've advanced now. Hmm? Could it be a problem for today? You think it might be? So he said, I could not talk to you spiritual people, but as non-spiritual. Then he gives us an idea what, that, what he means by that. He says, because you're men of the flesh in whom the carnal nature predominates you. In other words, if you're not spiritual, if you're not in the spirit, I, I, I'm not much of a three-choice person. You know, there's, there's, there's no gray zone here. If you, read all, if you read all Romans, which is a masterpiece, Paul's masterpiece, you find out he'll, over and over and over and over and over and over again, he just asks you one question. He said, who are you in? He said, either you're in Adam or you're in Christ. He didn't say Solomon or David or Paul. He said, either you're living out of your identity, out of the fallen Adam, or, or you're living in your identity of, of the resurrected Christ. 
Well, the answer is, if you didn't know, that you're in Christ. Adam trespassed, sinned. He's kind of the federal head of all mankind. That being so, he died spiritually, and our connection to him, we died spiritually. But Christ came to redeem us from the fall. And he came, and he paid the price. He lived, and he died, and he rose again, and he raised up. And the Bible said he raised us up together with him and seated us in heavenly places. And Paul said the mystery of, of mysteries, of all mysteries, is it's now this. It's not God in the temple. It's not God over here in the, in the sanctuary. The Bible says you are the sanctuary. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's taking the veil off of your mind. because yes. He said your mind was darkened, and it was alienated from the very life of God. Yes. He said, but the, the, the veil was rent and torn from the top to the bottom, and he opened it up. Lord. Someone said they, they found the... Uh, uh, whatever you would call it, the, you know, they put the Ten Commandments in? Yeah, the Ark of the Covenant. Some says, would you like to see that? Well, I guess it'd be interesting for a historical fact, but other than that, it's just a box. Nothing ordinary about that, right? It was on that day. It's not in our day. You know why? You the box, man. Yes. <laughs> you the box. Yes. Huh? You know, under that covenant, if you touch that box, you die. But now all of God's in you. Jesus had authority in the earth, but after he died and resurrected, he had more authority. Did you know that? He had authority over demons and sickness and disease, but he hadn't died for all mankind spiritually yet. After, after he did so and was raised, he said, now all authority is given to me. And now I give it to you. So you the box. You're the place where all the fullness of God lives and breathes and has its being. Paul said, in him, I live and I move and I have my being. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, God made you something. You need to find out who you are. You need to keep your mind renewed to, to the fact that who you are in Christ. You need to come up to a higher level. Come on up to a higher level. Hallelujah. Man, I wish I could talk one or two you've been coming. Somehow I think I'm just up here preaching. I'm not. Huh? This is not my job I'm doing. I'm, I, I'm pleading with you by the Spirit of God. Come on up. Yes. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let the faucets flow. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Let them flow and overflow. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, heal three more. Norval Hayes used to say, what God really needs to do, he, says, he, he said, I know we can't do this. Norval said, I know we can't do this. I know it ain't possible. He said, but most people need to have their head cut off. <laughs> he said, because they got a, Norval said, they got a gooped up mind. Huh? Paul said, we put on the mind of Christ. Amen. Put off the old man, put on the new man. Right. Renew the new man in the spirit and the attitude of the Christ man. You're a Christ person. You're a Christ man or woman of God. Hallelujah. You are his representative on the earth. What you say goes. What you say goes. Hmm? Well, the preacher. Now, I'm not talking about the preacher right now. I'm talking about you. You're the preacher. Hallelujah. You're the Christ man. 
I mean, if I left the earth now, if I died right here, which I won't. And if, this church, if the church stopped, it'd be a flop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Every Christ man, woman ought to jump up and say, pull him out of the way, I'll finish this thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't bother me because I'm having a big day. Amen. I'm going to land where carbs don't matter. <laughs> I, when I get to heaven, I won't be checking back in no cans. <laughs> that ain't heaven. <laughs> if I'm checking back in and see how many, that ain't heaven. <laughs> huh? Woo, I'm going about you. Amen. So come on up to a higher way of thinking. So things on earth will seem dim and things on heaven will become brighter because the kingdom of heaven is not a system. It is a place. Yes. It's a place. And where is the kingdom at? The kingdom is in you. Yes. And spending time with Jesus will change your way of thinking. Did you hear what I'm saying? That's what the Holy Ghost said to me this morning. He says, many of them don't spend much time with me. He said, that's why they think the way they think, and that's why they're having what they're having. Now, I got to finish this so I can go to there. Okay, okay. First Corinthians 3. We, we did turn here for a reason, right? right verse 3 says, but you are still unspiritual because you have the nature of your flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. Your flesh gets to thinking this and you run over there. Well, she didn't say nothing to me. I mean, she, I think she was looking the other way on purpose. Well, I, I wore, I, I wore some new earrings. They didn't nobody say nothing. I don't think they like me down there. You baby. We're always going to have babies. We want babies, right? But babies need to grow up. Pastors are some of the biggest babies I've ever seen in my life. I know. I, I hang out with them. And no one ever says, like, man, they don't know what they said. I've done a good job. They don't know what they I don't think I did. Like, Shut up! Do this unto the Lord. You get your thank yous in heaven. I did that. Make sure you used to wait for the next 10 minutes. Hallelujah. I always need someone to pat us on the back so we can go do something. They don't do the work. You do your job and they fire you. How many went to work this week? They didn't pat you on the back. Right? So how come we always got to be patted on the back? Well, well, what? Now, here's some people arguing. Imagine that. Christians arguing. Yeah, really? Now, watch here. So, first, so verse 3, he says, But you are still unspiritual. You have the nature of your flesh. You're under control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there's envy, jealousy, wrangling, and factions among you, you are unspiritual of, and of the flesh, behaving yourself after a human standard. You are just like mere unchanged men. Right. Now, what they were doing, they were, they were arguing who is the best preacher. One says, I like Apollos. No, but Apollos ain't my man. Paul's my man. Well, Paul, he's a little word. He preaches too long. I just want, I want Apollos. Apollos is the man. Paul says, shut up. He said, it ain't him, it ain't me. He said, well, he, said he and I are nothing. That's right. He said, we come in here and one of us plants in the other waters, or he waters and I plant. We're just workers together with God. And it's God's the big deal. He's the one that gives the increase. Right? right? right. I mean, I'm glad we have farmers who can plant and we eat, right? But that ain't the big deal. 
I mean, who, who come up with the idea that you can put a little bit of seed in the ground, <clears throat> throw it in some dirt, and somehow it turns into food? Shazam. How do you put a seed in the ground that turns into food? Hallelujah. So it, it's, a, it's a big deal, the guy who took the seed that God gave him and the dirt that God gave him and the water and the tractor God gave him and puts it in the ground. But the big deal is who knew how to put seed in dirt and come out with, a, you know, corn. Now, that's the big deal. It's God that gives the increase. Huh? See, all we are is, all we are is signposts. We're, 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 like the, we're like the sign on the interstate. And you're hungry, and it says, 18 more miles, cock the barrel. That's all we are. We just point to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is just right up ahead. <laughs> and we're like, oh, they didn't say I did good. Well, you're a sign pointer. Right? Now, how many of you ever been hungry and you saw a sign like that that helped you find a place? Now, did, did reading the sign fill your stomach or when you got to Cracker Barrel? So the sign ain't that big a deal. He just helped us find what we needed, right? So quit, let's quit making a big deal out of what ain't a big deal. I'm not a big deal. Oh, he has an anointing. Well, if he did, where did he get it? Did I make it at the house? Have I got some special tools in my garage that makes anointing? Paul said, Paul asked the question in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, what do we have that we didn't get it from the Holy Ghost? He said, we are not sufficient of ourselves. He said, everything we got, we got from the Holy Ghost. Oh, I tell you, he's got a special anointing. Well, where did he get it? Right? So we can't claim anything. We don't have notoriety. We're just workers together. Hallelujah. And he has given us gifts. And thank God for the gifts. And thank the people who's faithful with the gift. But the big deal is God. Huh? Some of you are going home this morning healed in your body. Either immediately or you'll see it as you go. You know where I learned how to do that? Shelton County High School. Oh. <laughs> the ag department. Trade school took building construction three years. Didn't know how to build nothing. Three years, and all I knew how to do was open a skull can. <laughs> Got a degree in building construction. No one thinks that's funny in this place that Scott Burnett. Because <laughs> he, he <laughs> I did, all I did was just dip skull for three years. <laughs> Made best with a guy. Uh, this is how dumb we got. Uh, I bet you can't swallow a whole can. Oh, I bet I can. Oh. Well, I won the bet, but you didn't want to see me 30 minutes later. But I did win that five dollars. <laughs> Boy, that's wisdom personified, ain't it? <laughs> so, <clears throat> where was we going after First Corinthians three? Oh, Acts chapter four. You needed to see that. Hallelujah. We said spending time with Jesus would change your way of thinking. Amen. And did you know that? But people know it. Amen. Acts chapter four. You know, what happened in Acts chapter 3 was, and we won't go there, we'll pick up in Acts chapter 4, but Peter and John went into the temple as they did every day, and there was a man who was sitting there who was impotent, couldn't walk, never has walked. And he, he's licensed by the government to be able to just be able to beg for food for his, you know, his means of living. And so he's, he's just yelling for alms, A-L-M-S, alms, alms, money, money, help me. I'm, you know, I'm poor, I'm, I'm, I can't walk, can't do anything. Help me, help me, help me. And Peter and John went by and they looked at him and Peter said, hey, 
Hey, look on us. Acts 3 said the man looked at Peter and John as expecting to receive something from them. What was he expecting to receive? Alms. Why? Because that's what he does for a living, right? He begs your money. And Acts chapter 3, it says that when Peter said that, he said, we didn't come here for silver and gold. What would you come with? He said, we didn't come here for silver and gold, but such as I have, I give you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he did. I said, and he did. And he did. He rose up and he walked. Sometimes God does more. He wants to do more than you're believing for. He wants to take you to a higher place. Because the man come looking for alms, he ended up with legs. Hmm? Because we're not going high enough. Right? Lord, could you help me come up with my payment? He said, I don't want, you, I don't want him to come up with your payment. I want you to pay it off. Wow, even if you got involved, God, I don't know you could do that. We owe $4,000. Oh, that'd be big. That'd be big on God. Whew. Wow. Billions of, billions of galaxies, and I don't know where God could get $4,000. Well, here's the big deal. It ain't none of your business. Hmm? man came to Jesus one time. He said, if you could do anything to help us. Jesus said, what, 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 what did you say? He said, if you could do anything to help us. My son right here, he said, well, first off, that's the wrong question. He said, it ain't no matter what I can do. It's a matter of what you believe. He said, the question is never what I can do. What do you believe? Well, I believe you do this. I've had people say, I, I, I can't believe this. And I said, what can you believe? Well, I believe if I have the surgery, to be successful. Sorry, let's believe right there. I've had other people say, I don't, I, 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 don't, I don't want the surgery. I just believe if you lay hands on me, I'll be healed. I said, all right, we'll, we'll go there. We lay hands on they be healed. Neither way was wrong. One was just higher. Well, I just believe I can get healed every time I get sick. Well, there's a higher place than that. Won't you just believe for divine health? Hallelujah. Well, how do you do that? We speak to your body. You talk to it. Right? If you don't talk to it, it'll talk to you. Oh, I promise it'll talk to you. Your, your body's got a voice. Some say, I never heard my body. Uh, live on, baby, live on. <laughs> it'll talk to you. <laughs> huh? But you've got to put life on it. I said, you've got to put life on your body. Remember, put on, put off, and put on. Put off the things of the former life and put on Christ. See, I expect to have his life, his health. The Bible says the Lord is the strength of your life. Some say, I'm praying for strength. I said, quit it. You don't have to. The Lord is your strength. If he tells you he is your strength, then why are you praying for it? Brother Hagin said, never, ever pray for anything which it can be said he's already given you. Right? So you say, well, I don't feel strong. He didn't, that, that's not the scripture. See, that's mere men. Paul said, you're just like mere men. He said, you're, you're just like people who aren't saved. You look like, you act like people who ain't saved. You talk like people who ain't saved. You act like you haven't been born again. You act like you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost. You act like you're just like people who don't know God. He said, your health is like theirs. Your money's like theirs. Your, your, your attitude's like theirs. He said, you are mere men who is unchanged. You are flesh people. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, if that makes you mad, change. If it makes you mad, it's, you're one of them. Because you're mad. Well, no one talks to me like it gets away with it. Well, I just did. I did it. Did y'all see me do it? I'll do it again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm not trying to make you mad, but if I could get you mad enough to change, I'd go ahead and do it. I'd talk about your mama and your granny if it worked. If I, if I had to. If I had to. Now, we, we'd, we'd make it better later on, but if I could get you to change, change your mind, then I'd talk about your granny. Hallelujah. I'd get it out of your system somehow. Hmm? You know, you wrestle a bear long enough, it'd be like that, the guy, you know, he got tied up in the forest and he was wrestling with a bear trying to keep him, you know, and, and his buddy finally come along. And he said, hey, he said, what you doing? He said, this bear. He said, you want me to help me? You, you, you want me to help you get him off of you? He said, no, no. He said, I want you to help me turn him loose. Help me turn this bear loose. <laughs> and then they got to running. Those two got to running. When they tore the, turned the bear loose, they got to running. The bear started running. You know, bears got speed. And one guy said, let's just stop and stare him down. He says, he said, and, you know, because he said, I can't run fast as you can. He said, well, I can run faster than you can. So I'm not going to stop. He said, well, he's looking for lunch. He said, that's why I'm still running. You stay here. <laughs> See, all he had to do was outrun his buddy. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, what's that guy doing? Think, no, nothing on guess, but I just thought I'd <laughs> been wanting to tell you all that for a while. So they, they, they raised this man up, and there was a stir about it because everybody knew this guy. You know, he'd been there begging all his life, and now he's not. He stand up, and the Bible says he's praising God, and there's a riot going on. There's a Holy Ghost revival riot going on. I mean, the atmosphere's changed. Everybody, everybody in the city knows this guy, and now he's standing up praising God. <laughs> Out of all that and out of the whole thing, you read Acts chapter 3 and 4, you find out what happened to Peter and John. They put them in jail. They beat them. Who did? The church of that day. The religious system did it. For helping somebody. That's how mean religion is. Jesus would heal people. There's a woman, we won't get to it today, I don't think, but there's a woman Jesus healed, and she had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. And he said, and Jesus said, ought not this woman whom Satan has bound? Who? That's a boundary. He said, this woman's had a boundary for 18 years. He said, ought not this woman be healed? And what they were mad about was that, because everybody's happy, what they were mad is they said Jesus healed her on the wrong day. Mm-mm. He said, they said, hey, there's six days, there's six days that, that we can do the works of God, and this is the Sabbath, and you've healed her on the Sabbath. And so they're mad at him. I know what Jesus was thinking. Well, y'all have had her for 18 years for six days a week. What y'all done with her? And now y'all mad because I've done it on the wrong day. But he didn't say it that way. He was nicer than I was. Well, not really, because he, what he said was, don't all of y'all... He said, if your cattle or your axe or your ox gets stuck in the ditch, don't you go get him out on, on the Sabbath day to save his life? Well, yeah. He said, you don't think she's better than, a, than an ass? That's the King James word. That's what the King James said. 
well, what are they going to say to that? That's what you call a setup, right? So they said, you broke the law and healed this woman who's been sick for 18 years. The Bible says for 18 years she, she walked like this and had never been able to raise up. And Jesus in one moment raised her up and they said, wrong day. What did? Religion. And I hate it. Huh? I hate it. So here we go. Now watch here. So they was going to lay hands on them, beat them, imprison them. And they said, it wasn't by our power we did this, but it was by the power that's in Jesus. Now, my statement of this was, when you spend time with Jesus, it'll change your way of thinking and they'll know it. Verse 13 says, and when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, and they marveled. Because they could take knowledge that these two guys have been with Jesus. Hmm? He didn't say they were scholarly. Right? He didn't say they noticed they'd been to Bible school. What did they take knowledge of? These men have been hanging around with Jesus. Amen. They talk like him. Amen. They act like him. They do miracles like him. Jesus has signs and wonders and miracles. They have signs, wonders, and miracles. They say something to come to pass. Jesus said it come to pass. So Paul said, why do you still act as mere men? So I thought I'd better look up that word mere, M-E-R-E. -E. And I was very surprised when I found out. It said small, unimportant, and we're talking about moving boundaries. The word mere in the Greek means a boundary or a limit. It means to divide. It means just only. Paul said there are demonic structures that Satan has erected to keep you out of your destiny. And you still act like mere, ordinary, small, unimportant, let yourself be divided as someone who's just only, and you allow all these boundaries to be erected when you have all of God in you, in your spirit, in the earth and vessel. He said, that's because you are carnal. You are ruled by your flesh. You are ruled by natural thinking. Now let's close here this morning. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, I can't, I can't let you beat the Baptist because they're already there. But I'm going to try to get you there before the Church of God folks get there. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I always said the second batch is best. Some people, they come in, they start cooking. They're tired. They're waking up. So that first batch, you can be a little messed up. How many of y'all sometimes have a second cup of coffee? Yeah, so I'm, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> First Corinthians 2, verse 7. Paul said, We speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto glory, but none of the princes of this world had known it, for they had known it, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9. 
Paul said, but it's written, I have not, I have not seen. nor ear heard. Neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. I had a lady cut my hair a number of years ago, 15 years ago more, probably 20. Sometimes I forget how old I am. Lord, I hope I ain't no more than that. Long time ago. And she knew what I did and all that, so she said, you know, they're just things God don't want us to know. Because he's sovereign and he doesn't want to reveal Things that are just, you know, godly. She said, you know what I mean? I said, not really. I try to be nice. But I'm sitting there, you know. And you want to be careful what you say when you sit in a chair with, with a woman who you can make mad with scissors in her hand. So, but <laughs> she said, what do you mean? She says, well, she said, there's just things that she said, I don't think we're supposed to understand the Bible. She said, because I know when I read it, I don't. I said, okay. She said, that's, that was her exact words, because I know I don't understand nothing when I read it. She said, I don't think we're supposed to understand. It. And I said, well, you know, that's kind of interesting, because we're going to be living by it, and we're going to be judged by it, what, what we did with it, and yet I ain't supposed to understand it. Hmm? I mean, I'm supposed to qualify for something. I don't know how to qualify because I can't understand the rules. Hmm? Does that make sense to you? Now watch here. It says, Paul said, but their eye hath not seen, nor hath their ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God one day will prepare for them. Did I get that right? Did I miss something? Did I get something wrong? What did I get wrong? You mean he hath prepared something? Well, it seemed like if he had, we'd already known about it. Y'all do believe the Bible, right? Is that the King James? Look at there. Must be a wrong translation, huh? I always want to give you that story about how do we know the Bible was true, been passed down from King James to King Jimmy to Cousin Earl. I said, well, Holy Ghost, he's still around. And he didn't go to none of the universities. He lives inside you. Why don't you ask him? Well, how are we supposed to know what he says? Well, he talks, right? He talks right here, says, but they don't have ears to hear. He said, they see what they don't see. What, he, what, what Paul's really quoting here is, is Jesus out of Mark 13. Jesus had a whole crowd of people here. And, and he was talking in a parable. And he says, they come. They come to my meeting. He says, they don't have a clue what I'm talking about. He said, they see. They don't see nothing. He said, they hear. What he means is they're seeing me with their physical eye. They're hearing me with physical ears. Physical ears, he said, but they don't see and they don't hear anything. He said, but lest at any time that they hear... He said, they will be converted, and at any time, I'll heal them. Just at any time, they can get healed. Well, I said, at any time, we can get healed. You know, the Holy Ghost gives you insight to certain things that, that, that sometimes we think we've, made, we've erected these boundaries to make them hard. Like yesterday, for instance. I was sitting there. <clears throat> he said, did you know there's not a devil in hell to keep you from being healed? I said, yes, sir. He said, 
He said, did you know that you're absolutely right? I said, yes, sir. He said, you remember what Jesus said to Pilate, don't you? I said, uh-oh, here we go. When Jesus was standing in front of Pilate, he'd already been beaten some, right? And Pilate didn't want to get involved with this thing. But he finally told Jesus, he says, he said, hey, don't you know, don't you know that I have the authority to release you or I have the authority to have you crucified? Jesus finally opened his mouth with those words. And Jesus said this, he said, he said you have no authority at all. You have no power at all unless, unless my father gave it to you. In other words, you can't do nothing to me or my body. Who let you think you had authority over my body? Hmm? You think you can crucify me without, without authority? You know, the scripture said Jesus could call legions down any time. Legions of angels any time. I always said a good thing I wasn't Jesus. <laughs> or not Jesus, but what up to me? Because, you know, people come and, you know, men ain't really good with pain. You know, men aren't really good with pain. Now, you come with a hammer and some nails, I'm hollering. <laughs> Cat of nine tails, I'm sorry. I just sold y'all out. Hmm? But, but, but didn't he? he? He stood there and he said, you could do nothing to me, much less crucify me, unless the authority had already been given to you. Jesus, the Bible said, he willingly, to please the Father, he laid his life down. And he said, but I also had the power to pick it back up. So who says they can come in? What spirit comes in and says they can do that to your body, what it's been doing? You say, well, that was Jesus. Oh, but yeah, but you're the body of Christ. Amen. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He has no authority over there. And he knows he, he, know he, he knows he doesn't. That's why he just used something called deception. That's worth coming for right there. Amen. He says, so your eyes, their eyes not seeing, their ears not hear, hearing. He said, but he's, he said, the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. Can I read that in Amplified? Amen. Matt said I could. No. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, brother Matt. I know one person is listening. Hallelujah. I'll just come back here and preach to Brother Matt. But, but on the contrary, as the scripture says, what eye hath not seen, nor hath our ear heard, or has entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared, made, and keeps ready for those who love him. Whew. Man, look at that call. Oh, look. Oh, 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 oh. All that God has prepared, made and keeps ready. For who? Who hold him affectionate, reverently, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognize the benefits he has bestowed. God's made some things. They're ready. For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. 
So when she was cutting my hair years ago, she said, uh, she said, we, she said, do you think, are you telling me you understand all mysteries? I said, no. I said, but, but, but neither is it, is it right to say that God gave us a book for us to fellowship with him and he doesn't want us to understand them. She said, well, what about that verse? I said, you, I said, you quit reading. And they had a Bible there in the salon. And so I went and got the Bible when she got through. And so I said, listen here. I said, but God hath revealed them to us by his spirit. But God hath revealed. He said, there's people their eye hadn't seen, nor their ear heard. It hadn't even entered into their heart all that God has for them. That he has made and kept ready. But he says, but unto you, but unto you, you see, God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man, save the spirit which is in him. See, your spirit knows. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now watch here. Now we have received not, say not, the spirit of the world, but you've received the spirit which is of God. Why? That you may know the things that are freely given to us of God. These are things that you're to know. These are things that have been made and kept ready for you all this time. And the enemy has erected, you see, these boundaries to keep you out of your destiny. To fight in a, a, a flesh war. It's time to enter in. It's time to enter in by faith. You do it by faith. You just say, thank you, Lord. I received mine today. Right? I, I just receive all mine right now. In the name of Jesus. And then I thank him for it. See, God thinks when you're thanking him for something that you don't see yet, he calls that faith. Can I read one more verse if I can find it real quick? If I can't find it, we'll just, we'll just whatever. It'd be easy while you're here because if I find it later on, I'm gonna have to, it's so good, I'd have to call every one of you personally today. So it'd be easier on me. Uh, Hebrews 11. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? The evidence of things what? Not seen. That's, that's Hebrews 1. Faith is the substance of things that you're hoping for. Faith is the evidence. It is the proof of what you don't see exists. So if there's proof, Amplify said faith is the title deed. Now, if you've got a title to something, it's proof that, that you're the owner of it, that, that it exists, right? Faith is the title deed. It's the assurance. It's the confidence. It's the proof of that which you can't see right now. Otherwise, Paul says, you're just acting like a mere ordinary man. You've got to see everything, touch everything, taste everything. They've got to prove it to you 14 ways from Sunday or you won't believe nothing. Hmm? Hebrews eleven six 6 says, and God is not pleased with that. Now watch here, Hebrews chapter 11, talking about Moses. Verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, he hid, when Moses was born, a child, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather 
to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Why? Because he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Now watch here. By faith, now you, you, you understand that, that Moses would have been, he was the natural son, right? He's Hebrew. But Pharaoh loved him so much as his own son that he was going to give him the throne over his own natural son to actually a Hebrew slave, right? Moses knew that, and he forsook to be the Pharaoh of, of, of Egypt, to be the man, because he knew who he was. Watch here. He, uh, verse 26, he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. That's what Michelle was talking about wisdom a while ago. This is wisdom. The wisdom of God is, makes you wealthier than all the gold, the rubies, the sapphires, the diamonds of the world. Yeah. The wisdom of God. You say, well, I have some money issues. No, no you have no money issues. You have wisdom issues. Well, I have marriage issues. No, no, you have wisdom issues. See, the wisdom of God would solve any of those problems. So you don't have money issues, you have wisdom issues. John Osteen, Joe Osteen's dad always used to say this. He says, some things are just natural, natural wisdom. In other words, you say, well, I can't pay my bills. I can't save any money. He said, well, you have to quit buying everything your little beady eyes look at. That was, that was his way, that's way of saying it. <laughs> right? He said, in other words, sit on an apple cart until you can afford a couch. He said, ride a bike until you afford a car. See, no one likes that. Right? I mean, I just got married, and in, in two weeks, I want to be where my parents was in 40 years. Well, it don't work that way. Huh? Hallelujah. Sometimes it takes a while to build something. You don't build a company overnight. Hmm? You couldn't sustain it if it did. There's only so much success in business you can handle. If everyone in Chilton County and Shelby County and Tauga County came to Nathan's Paint and Body Shop with all their wrecked cars next month, he'd have a major problem. I hadn't asked him, but I don't think he has the qualified help to help all those people. And everybody in three counties would be mad at him and he'd have a bad name out of it. That's just natural wisdom, right? But see, he has enough wisdom to say we can't do that. Amen. I didn't need to have 300 visitors today. I'm, I hadn't asked the people in the nursery, but I don't think they set up for it. I'm pretty sure they don't want 25 kids in there this morning. They're in there singing that tune right now. Pastor, pastor, preach the word faster. Okay, so let's help them out. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Mm. He forsook all the pleasures. The, uh, let me see what the Amplified says. Motivated by faith, he left Egypt behind him, being, how you pronounce that? We need to amplify. Being that word right there. And dismayed by the wrath of the king, 
for he never flinched, but held staunchly to his purpose and endured steadfastly as the one who gazed on him who's invisible. Moses gazed on the one you can't see. And he left everything that you could see for the one that you can't see. I hath not seen, nor hath the ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man all the things that God has made and kept ready for you. Hallelujah. But faith sees it. And faith says it's mine. And faith lays a hold of it. And faith says we're about to have a great day. Huh? And faith tells the story to somebody else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the weak say, and let the poor say, and let the good looking say, <laughs> amen. God bless you. See you Wednesday. <laughs>